Welcome to The Nourished Nervous System, an exploration of stress, the nervous system, and transformative self-care practices for parents and other humans through the lenses of Ayurveda, holistic coaching, somatic practices, herbs, and much, much more. I'm the host, Kristen Timchak, a holistic life coach, Ayurvedic educator, herbalist, and mother of a tiny human. Please join me for information, insight, deep thoughts, and small steps to help you nourish your nervous system. Hello, friend. Welcome and welcome back to the Nourish Nervous System. I'm so happy you're here today. And I just want to take a moment to just honor everything that's happening in our world, in Gaza, and just just to take a moment to recognize that because it's hard sometimes to continue to create content and go on with life as you when something so heartbreaking is happening in the world. So so I'm taking a moment to honor that, all the people who are struggling right now. Okay, getting back to the show. I just want to remind you of my little experiment. So I have a question. What does self-care currently look like for you? And I want to hear from you. We learn so much from each other and sharing our stories. So if you are listening to this and it's before February 2nd, 2024, send me an email, Kristen at nourishednervoussystem.com and answer my question. Also, if you're interested in any one-on-one work with me, working on nervous system health, implementing self-care practices and cultivating resilience, send me an email and we can set up a discovery call. I have a few spots left for one-on-one work. And just one more logistic before we start, my friendly disclaimer is purely for entertainment and educational purposes and should not be considered health or mental health advice. Anything said should not be taken as a replacement for medical, clinical, professional advice, diagnosis, or medical intervention. With it being the beginning of the calendar year, I want to do an episode on visualization. I think this is something that comes up a lot this time of year where people are creating vision boards or just visioning their year ahead. And as I've mentioned before, for me, spring feels more of like the awakening and unfolding time. But I think winter, where I'm in the Northern Hemisphere in Maine, winter can be a great time to feel into the visions. So I think it's a really great time of year to do this. And it's something that comes up a lot in the new age woo culture. And it's something that I've practiced a lot in my life because I have participated in that culture and also something I can find myself resistant to sometimes. I think because I see it everywhere and sometimes with the certain sentiment that you can just Imagine what you want, and if you raise your vibration high enough, it'll come to you, which may happen for some folks. But realistically, visualization is just one tool in a whole toolbox that gets you where you want to go. And I think when certain tools or practices get so popularized, they can feel more diluted. And I can have personally have a tendency to have an aversion to it, maybe because of my inner rebel girl or because of the way... It's sometimes presented, I'm not sure. But visualization is incredibly powerful. And because I am who I am, and I sit at that intersection of woo and pragmatism, science and magic, visualization is worthy of looking into because there is science backing up its powerful effects. 
there are different ways to use visualization. And when using it to create change in your life, it can be like creating a roadmap to the life you want to live. And like a map, you can't get to California just by looking at a map of it and wishing for it hard enough. But the map can inspire you and give you the direction you need to go. The map can help your brain get familiarized with where you are going and the route to get there so that it feels less scary, less of an unknown. And then you need to actually make all the physical steps to get there. You need to make the arrangements in your life so that you can have the space to travel. You need to make sure your car is running well and fill it with gas. You need to pack your snacks and clothes and whatever other gear you need and plan your route. What do you want to see along the way? Who do you want to come with you? There are tons of tiny little steps that you need to take before you even leave for the trip. And then all of the steps of the actual journey. And like any journey, it may not turn out exactly the way you envisioned it. It may not look the way it did on the map. There will most certainly be challenges and unexpected twists and turns, but that will just add to the great story you tell about it later. And if you want to create change in your life, it can be a really important first step to get really clear on what that change will look like. What will it feel like? And visualization can help in this process. It can help you to create that map, but you actually have to do the steps to get to it. You can't just have the map. The brain doesn't make a lot of distinction between something that you visualize yourself doing and something you're actually doing. Some of the same areas in the brain light up when you're imagining something and it can strengthen those neural pathways. That being said, it's not equal to the learning and change that happens when you actually do something in real life. If you want to get better at skiing, visualization can help you get better, but you still have to actually practice skiing in order to reach your full potential. That being said, imagining yourself doing something is a really powerful tool. If you imagine yourself doing jumping jacks, the same area of your brain is activated as if you're actually doing the jumping jacks. There have been studies done with people in comas who can't move or respond and who are asked to imagine walking into their living room and the parts of the brain that are related to walking and to imagining light up. And something I want to say about this is that this is also holds true for the less positive events, the traumatic events, the reliving stress or focusing on negative outcomes in our lives. And this can be tricky to talk about because I'm not a proponent for toxic positivity or spiritual bypassing. I think it's really important to be real and acknowledge the hard and challenging things in our lives and in the world and to feel all our feelings and to be realistic when setting goals. But I think it's also important to recognize that when I relive a trauma from my past or when I think negatively about something I'm going to do in the future, my body doesn't make the distinction. I can go into a stress response from the thoughts in my mind. And if I'm constantly telling my brain that I'm going to fail at something, that this is the information it's going to look for in the world and latch onto to prove that I'm right. So there is a power in bringing the mind and body together to imagining something with all of your senses to make it real for your brain. And there's a growing body of science that's showing the positive effects of visualization. So one study that I saw was done by the Cleveland Clinic, and they split 
30 healthy young adults into four groups. So for 15 minutes a day, five days a week, for 12 weeks, group one imagined exercising their little finger muscle. Group two imagined exercising their bicep muscle. And group three actually exercised, physically exercised their little finger. And then the fourth group was a control group and did no imaginary or real exercise. So those in the first two groups were asked to think as strongly as they could about moving the muscle being tested to make the imaginary movement as real as possible in their minds. And the researchers measured muscle strength before, during, and after the training sessions. So the results came back that the first group, the group that was imagining moving their little finger, increased their strength by 35%. The second group that was imagining exercising their biceps increased their strength by 13.4%. And the group that actually exercised their finger increased their strength by 53%. And the control group had no change. So this shows the powerful effect of pairing mental images with the matching physical simulations in order to improve the brain-body connection. And when we're using this to create change in our lives to affect our futures, when we prime our brains with the future we want to create, it helps the brain to recognize aspects of it in our day-to-day life and in our interactions and to recognize and move towards opportunities that may bring us closer to that thing. It can also help the brain and nervous system to take the necessary risks if you visualize them beforehand. Because as I said earlier, the brain doesn't distinguish between what has really happened and the things you have imagined with all of your senses. So that thing that before visualizing may have felt unknown and risky for your brain can start to feel more familiar. In the episode I did on neuroplasticity, why what you think matters, I talk about how the brain is like a computer and it's constantly seeking out the information you are putting into it. And so visualization is a really powerful way of putting information into the computer program of the brain of what you want to create, what you want your life to look like so the brain can begin to notice elements of that around you and help you move towards it. And just one thing I want to note here is that most people can visualize things, but there are five to 15% of the population that have a really hard time doing this. And a small percentage of that population that don't actually have the ability to mentally visualize. But for the rest of us, visualization can be a useful tool. And there are different ways to visualize. So one type is creative visualization. This is where you create a detailed and vivid image of what you want to create or draw into your life using all your senses. So this can be done in a guided meditation or by making a vision board. And to make a vision board, you can get images and words of what you want to create and actually create a collage and hang it somewhere that you will look at it daily. Uh, Tara Swart has this wonderful book, The Source, and she talks about creating action boards, which is essentially the same thing as a vision board, but I like how she reframes it as an action board. Because as, as I was saying earlier with the map, it's really important to create the map to know where you're going, but you actually have to take the actions to get there. You have to be an active participant. imagining what you want is a powerful and it's a great first step, but it can't replace the actual learning that happens when you're doing things in the world. 
So another type of visualization is guided imagery. And this is when you are led on an imaginative journey using imagery. So if you've ever done a meditation where you're asked to imagine yourself in a beautiful setting or in in nature, or you imagine light coming into your body in different ways, or if you've been to seen a hypnotherapist and they often use uh, imagery visualization to bring you into a deeper state of relaxation. This type of visualization can be really helpful if you're experiencing a lot of stress. It's deeply relaxing. It can help to, if you can really get yourself into that place and and really feel the feelings of what it feel like to be in that place, it can really help to change your mood, to, to help shift your emotions. And the third type of visualization is mental rehearsal or performance visualization. And this is something you may use for a specific event. So athletes often use this technique or actors or public speakers. So if you have an event in your life that you need to show up for in a specific way, and you may be feeling really nervous about visualizing yourself doing the, doing whatever it is, imagining what you are wearing, what you are doing specifically, and feeling the confidence and also imagining the desired outcome, noticing how people are responding to it in a positive way that can help your brain to gain some familiarity and help you to move more towards that outcome in actual life. So many athletes use this when before a game or a competition, and it's the pairing of the, the visualization, the imagining it, and then actually doing it that creates the positive outcome. So visualization is related to the brain's ability for abstraction and for sensory integration. So abstract thinking is the brain's ability to notice patterns and then fill in the blank, to see things that may not be present, to imagine possibilities, to be able to improvise or create art or poetry. These are all examples of abstract thinking. It's the opposite of logical thinking, where things are really set and rigid and in a specific order. Abstract thinking is being able to think creatively, to solve problems in new ways, and helps to create new pathways in the brain. Abstract thinking is also important for future planning, because it's this thing that hasn't happened yet that you're imagining and planning. And I believe that abstract thinking is really important for resilience. So in order to be more resilient, we need to be able to be more flexible in the ways we approach the world and the difficult situations we encounter. If you're interested in going deeper into learning about some resilience work, I have a free resource. It's called the Nourished for Resilience Workbook, and you can get it at www.nourishednervoussystem.com slash resilience workbook. I also have it in my show notes. So abstract thinking is supported by the default network of the brain. There's many different networks in the brain. For the purpose of this conversation, we can talk about the default network and the control network. So the default network can be strengthened by activities that encourage free association, like taking a leisurely walk, daydreaming, uh, lounging, aimlessly on the couch, reading for pleasure, things that take you out of the rigidness of the logical thinking. 
when you engage in these type of activities, it strengthens the connections of the default network, allowing for inspiration and new solutions to arise. So an example of this is a friend recently told me about an experience she had writing morning pages. And she had some profound inspiration and clarity around some challenges she was having uh, with her work life. And so if you aren't familiar with morning pages, it's a practice from the book, The Artist's Way, where you sit and you fill three pages with writing and it's whatever comes out, uncensored, unedited. It's just a way to get all of those busy, buzzy thoughts out of your brain onto the paper and to and it's a, it's a form of free association. You're not thinking about what you're writing. You're not planning it. It doesn't need to be beautiful or cool or anything like that. It's just really just getting all the junk out and it helps you to access deeper creativity. And so I loved uh, when she told me that because it's just such a perfect example of getting into that default network and how solutions that you may not have thought of before or inspirations or insights into things can just kind of blossom out of it because you're creating the the space for it to do so. You're creating the environment for more abstract thinking and more creative solutions and problem solving. And so visualization is another way to counterbalance that control network, the logical thinking, completing tasks, part of the brain, and to get access into that. Because essentially, when you're visualizing something, you're thinking about something that may not be real yet. It, it, cre- it allows your brain to go into that sort of imagination default network space. And so how do you practice visualization? There's many ways. You could create a vision board or action board, as Tara Swart calls it. You could also just take some time each day to sit quietly, close your eyes, and imagine the life you want to live. Imagine all the sensory details, what you see, hear, smell, and feel around you, as well as how you feel emotionally. You don't need to spend a long time doing this, but doing it consistently will help wire those neural pathways. It can also be very relaxing to the nervous system to imagine the feelings of contentment or relief or joy. You could also find a guided meditation that incorporates visualization into it. There's tons and tons of them out there. And I'm sure there's many other ways as well to incorporate visualization into your life. And so visualization in itself may not bring you the life you want, but it's definitely a tool to help to guide you towards change. It can help you gain clarity about what you truly want and how you want to feel. And it can be like a roadmap for where you're going and help your brain to work in the default network and strengthen the abstract thinking, which can help you become more resilient and a more creative problem solver, which is important as you take steps toward the life you've envisioned. A part of it is it's seeing where you want to go, being able to take the small steps daily to get there. And when you come across obstacles, which you most certainly will, because that's just the nature of life, to be able to to not let the obstacles stop you. When you are able to access that abstract thinking and to solve problems creatively, it helps you to move past those obstacles and create more confidence and continue on that path. So 
visualization does not take the place of the hard work that's required in creating change, but it can make the work feel a bit sweeter. If you can sink into those places of really feeling the outcomes, those sweet feelings, it can be a a joyful part of the process. So I think that's it. There's so much more, but I think that's a good little chunk. So for your small step this week, whether you are a seasoned visualizer or this is all brand new to you, imagine one area of your life that you would like to create change and take a few moments each day where you sit quietly, close your eyes and using all of your senses, imagine how you'd feel if that change was complete. And this can be any area of your life. It can be work. It can be relationship. It can be the relationship with your children. It could be family. It could be hobbies and what you do for recreation. It could be your home environment. I mean, really, really any part of your life can benefit from, from doing a little exercise around it. Okay, friend. Thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate you. I hope you'll reach out and answer my question. And if not, I'll just try again next month. But it'd be really great to hear from some of you and to just start to create more of a sense of that we're building this this net together, that there's some more community happening. Okay, have a great week. Hey there, thanks so much for listening. I'm feeling slightly less awkward, but this podcast thing is still a big learning curve. So I appreciate you staying tuned as I learn. If you are enjoying the podcast, please rate and review. It helps me get seen by people besides my friends. And if you are not enjoying the podcast, I hope you're not still listening because life is way too short to listen to podcasts you don't like. 